Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. All right, all right. Some good hugging going on there. Why don't you make, wake, make your way back to your seats, but stay standing, stay standing. How's everybody doing this morning? Woo! Why don't you stand up with me for just a moment? Let's just uh, stay in the same attitude of worship. The Spirit of God is in this place today. But it's up to you to receive him. Father, we're so thankful for Jesus. That he who knew no sin became our sin so that we could be the righteousness of God. If we've turned to you, we are yours. We, we are the righteousness of God. That is incredible. Father, we just welcome you into this place. Thank you for hearts that are soft and pliable and ready to hear your words. Not my words, your words. Jesus, remove me out of the way and just speak through me. Breathe through me. You are moving. But we have to move along with you. You're not going to force us. But you want us to move with you. You want your church, your body to move with you to be your voice to a world that desperately needs to hear about this Jesus, this rescuer, this redeemer. I looked and I saw a lamb that had been slain. You are worthy, God. Only you are worthy. So we pour out all of the glory back to you, all the blessing and the honor and the power. God, we bow in our hearts first. We, we stay on this position of our knees. We declare with our mouth, we confess with our mouth that you are Lord. Every heart will bow, every knee will bow one day, but we're declaring it now today. We choose to bow. We choose to submit to your authority. We choose to be chained to this Jesus, to be a slave to Jesus, because it's only in that slavery that we find the greatest freedom there ever is and ever was. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Stay, in your, stay in your feet. I didn't tell you to sit down yet. Why don't you take a deep breath in? Take a deep breath out. Do it again. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Okay, he just preached my entire message. You can have a seat. In uh, August, our leadership team was at a conference in Dallas. And on the first night, I think it was a Thursday night, of worship, we were all going for it and, and pressing into the presence of God. It was very strong in, in that place. And I remember I had my hand on my chest. Just put your hand on your, on your heart for just a moment, your lungs. And I, I had one hand raised in worship, the other hand on, on my chest. And I, I felt the Spirit of God say to me, do you feel that, Chris? And I was singing my guts out, and so I could feel the reverberation of, of my lungs, my breath coming out of my body. And, and I said to him, in my spirit, I said, yes, God, I feel that. And he said back to me, that's my 
breath. Don't stop singing. Don't stop declaring me. Don't stop speaking for me. That's my breath. The breath that you feel in your lungs, that's his breath. Amen? But you can only breathe out once you've breathed in. So what you're breathing out, what you're, what you're consuming is what you're going to speak out. And for three weeks, we've been talking about how God speaks to us. Three incredible messages. If you missed any of them, make sure to listen to the church podcast. We've been talking about God speaking to us, how he still speaks to us, and how we need to have a a heart position to listen to him and respond to him. And so now in this fourth and last week of speak, we're going to talk about our response, about us speaking out, us declaring, because it's a two-step process, right? You can't just breathe in and hold the breath. Well, you can. I don't advise it. What you breathe in needs to be breathed out. And in, in Genesis, God took this lump of clay, this, this, this dirt. That's all we are. We're just dirt. Until the Spirit of God is breathed into you, that's all you are. And he breathed his breath into our lungs. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you understand and comprehend what you carry around with you. You carry the Spirit of God. You carry his breath. But the question is, Are you breathing him in? Because in order to respond, in order to speak out, you have to be breathing his breath in. See, we have a responsibility, a response-ability. We must respond to the breath that we breathe in. See, when God speaks to us, when he downloads to us, we've got to do something with it. We can't just hold it in. It's got to be breathed back out. Because that's his voice to your neighbor. That's his voice to your, your own heart first. To your coworker. Jesus said this in Mark 4, 9. He had just told his disciples a parable. And he says, if you understand this, then you need to respond. We have a responsibility to respond. I've been uh, studying Revelation lately, reading Revelation, and it is just wrecking me in the best possible way. And I'll try not to go on a rabbit trail because this message is, is for March, but I'm so excited about it. But the word Revelation, it means apocalypse in the Greek. When you think of the word apocalypse, it doesn't really bring a good image to mind, does it? Okay, me either. But let me retrain your mind here. The word apocalypse simply means an unveiling. Remember the, the, the curtain in the, the temple where the Holy of Holies was? The moment that Jesus was sacrificed on the cross for you and me, what happened? That curtain was torn from the top to the bottom, revealing the presence of God. That's what revelation means. It's, it's an unveiling, a revealing of the presence of God. I was in uh, Santiago, Chile a couple weeks ago, and it's summertime down there. So picture the sun's up early in the morning to late at night, right, just like our July or August would be here. And in my hotel room, they have these, these shades that are like blackout shades, you know, you know what I mean, right? And so I was up late, late one Friday night, and I had the luxury of sleeping in the next morning. And so I had darkened, I would pulled the shades the night before, and when I woke up, I think it was like 9.30 in the morning, uh, which was awesome, but it was still pitch black in my hotel room because the shades were drawn. It doesn't mean the sun's not there. Hello? The sun's there, but it's our job to press in. It's our job to pull back the curtain and unveil. That's what revelation is. It's the unveiling. That's how verse 1 starts. This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And he's always shining. It may be a cloudy day in your heart, but the sun is always shining. And most of us are wandering around, many of us are wandering around in this dark hotel room trying to find Jesus when all we need to do is pull back the curtain. See, the veil is torn. And the veil keeps on tearing. There's more that he's revealing to us. 
Revelation 3 says that, that he was victorious, I will give the hidden manna. There's mysteries of God that he is longing to reveal to you, to unveil to you, but it's up to you to press in. It's up to you to pull back the shade. No one's going to do it for you. Your spouse isn't going to do it for you. Your kids aren't going to do it for you. It's up to you to press in, to draw close to him. That's a promise in James. You draw close to him and he'll draw close to you. See, he's not just speaking to us, but he's wanting to speak through us. That's what this response is all about, breathing him in, breathing him out. He wants you to speak for him. He wants you to agree with his thoughts. You know, as a follower of Jesus, you are seated with him right now in the spiritual realm in heavenly places. You can see and hear what he's doing because you're right next to him. You have the mind of Christ as a believer. And he wants you to declare what he is speaking. This has nothing to do with you. You're just a vessel. But he wants to be so close to you, he wants you to pull that curtain back so you can see what he's doing and then declare that first to yourself because we all need to declare his word to us first and then to the people right next to you. Ezekiel 37 says this. You'll, you'll recognize this passage. This is Ezekiel, and he's seeing this vision. He says, The Lord took me, took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Ever felt completely dried out before? Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? It's a good question. Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, then he said to you, speak, respond, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. That's a promise. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. See, you're not just dirt. You're not just dried out. There's a promise attached to that, and first you have to declare it over yourself. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message. There's the obedience. So he responded. He spoke this message just as he told me, and suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but still they had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. This is incredible. He's telling him to speak a prophetic message back to the Spirit of God. Wow. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And he was obedient the second time. He says, so I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They came to life and stood to their feet, a great army. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. That's him. But see, faith requires obedience. We, we sang about God moving. He wants us to move with him. He activates something by our steps of faith. This church called Church 214, it's all about stepping forward after him. Jesus is going somewhere. 
and we don't want to be standing here watching something else while Jesus is on the move. We're going to follow him. That's what a disciple means. We're followers of him. We're apostles of him. We're the ones that, that he sends out. He's given us the Holy Spirit. I think this message is, is so personal for me because I never feel more alive than when I'm speaking the words of God. I don't think there's a more alive feeling in the world. To have the spirit of the living God that we carry around within us project out of you. We've all messed up and said the wrong thing. We've all put flesh on his words. But that doesn't mean we should stop trying. It's a daily dying to ourselves. A daily killing off of ourselves. Reminding ourselves, speaking to ourselves first, and reminding ourselves that that we are the righteousness of God. That old dead man is going to stay in the grave. This guy is going to be the one following Jesus, resurrected with him, new life with him. Hello? Because listen, you cannot breathe out until you breathe in. So what are you breathing in? And if it's not him, it's death on your lungs. It's death on the people around you. If you're not breathing in the life of Jesus, you're breathing out death. And you can't breathe out until, you you can't speak until you've heard, until you've breathed him in. That's why being in the word is so important. That's why being on your face is so important. Because we have to daily hear a message from him. Daily. You don't get a shot in the arm once in your lifetime. And you've got to daily walk this out. I don't know about you, but I was created to see what was behind the curtain. Because I know that I can now boldly approach the throne. The the veil has been torn. I have full access. You have full access as a son and a daughter of God to, to come in to the family kitchen and hear what he's saying. You were created for resurrection, not for death. You were created for transformation, not to stand still. You were created to see what was behind the veil in that dark hotel room. To to rip it back and see that the sun is shining, that it is there, that he is there all along. He's never gone anywhere. It's just your heart's gone somewhere. It's been the wrong direction. You're not supposed to stay in the dark. You were created to rip that curtain back every single day. You were created to declare his glory. You were created to say amen. Amen. You know, the word amen is one of the most unique words, probably the most unique word in, in language. Because it was, it was first a Hebrew word and then translated into Greek. The, the Hebrew word is amen. Translated into Greek, amen. Translated into Latin, Amen. It's the most universal word known in human speech, is amen. And it simply means believe, or faithful, or sure, or that's true, or yes. So when we say amen, when you respond in a message or to someone around your dinner table, and you say amen, you're saying, that's true, that's yes, That's faithful. That's God. I see that, and I'm going to respond. We should be responding more amens. Amen? That's why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, he says, for all of God's promises, not a few of them, not some of them, all of God's promises have been fulfilled with Christ with a resounding yes, with a resounding amen. They are yes and amen. They are true. They are faithful. He hasn't gone anywhere. It's you that's gone somewhere. It's you that's drawn the blinds shut. In Revelation 3, 14, John writes, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen. His name is amen. His name is, that's why we call him faithful and true. 
He is the amen. He's the ultimate witness. He's the ultimate testimony. And you and I cannot see him as sons and daughters, as kings and priests, and not respond. How could we not respond to the king, to the amen? How can we not say amen when we see him? We've got to respond. We have a responsibility to respond. We must say something. If you're breathing him in, you must breathe him out. That you don't have a choice. You must declare. Remember Psalm 19, verse 1? You'll recognize this verse. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out to all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. And if the heavens are declaring without a voice, without the breath of God in them, how much more should his sons and daughters that were created in his image declare his faithful and true promises? How much more should his sons and daughters respond when he does something? And I feel like we're, so many of us are in this dark hotel room and we need to rip those curtains right off the window shades. The heavens declare the glory of God. That word declare in Hebrew is the word safar. And the first time it appears in the Bible is in Genesis 15. If you remember Abram, Abraham, um, he was going to a land that he didn't know where he was going. God said, hey, go to a land that I'm going to show you. I'm not revealing it to you now, but I'll show you later. That's why he's the father of our faith. Because he heard the voice of God and he took one step at a time towards where God was going to show him. He had to rely every day on what God was going to tell him and say to him. Hey, Abraham, go to this land, pick up all your stuff, go to a land, and I'll show you where it is later. Just start stepping. That's faith. That's obedience. That's what he requires from you and me. And Abraham, the Bible says, sometime later the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, and this is where, he's not perfect, this is where his doubts are coming in. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? How about this, God? Since you've given me no children, um, there's this guy named Eleazar of Damascus. He's a servant. Why don't we just, like, make him be my heir? (laughs) Don't you love making suggestions to God? Like, (laughs) hey, God, like, this isn't working out. I've followed your promises. Don't know where I'm going. You said I've had a, I'm going to have a son, but I don't have one. How about we just do plan B? You know there's no plan Bs with God. He only has plan A. So if he's told you something, it's amen. It's faithful and true, right? And so the Lord says to him, no. No, your servant's not going to be your heir because you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And then I love this. He takes, it's, it's a dark night sky. He takes Abraham outside in the night sky and he says, Abraham, look up at the stars. Those same stars that are declaring, that are safaring my promises, I want you to look up to them and count the stars if you can. You know what that word count is? It's the same word safar. Abraham, look up to the heavens, see the heavens declaring my promises. I want you to look up and you safar. You declare. You, it means to scribe or to tell. It, it was literally, remember Ezra the scribe in, in, in uh, the Old Testament prophet, or all the scribes? It was the same word, safar. Declare. It means to mark with a, as a, on a piece of paper, score it down, count it. 
And I just love that picture of God saying, Abraham, no, your idea, bad idea. Here's what I've told you already. This is what we're going to do. Now you declare it. Now you talk about it. You tell it. You speak it. You describe it. You write it down. You count all of those if you can because you're going to be busy for a very long time counting stars. You describe them. You declare them because what that's going to do is remind you that I am faithful and true that I am the amen, because you're going to be amening. You're going to be too busy worrying about your plan B because you're going to be declaring who I am. Breathe him in so you can breathe him out. He wants you to declare what he's doing in your life. He wants you to declare when you see the sun setting, you know, we talk about this a lot, but a lot of people in central Illinois just hate on this place. We're changing the narrative. We're safaring, we're declaring. I've never seen, I've traveled the world. I've never seen as beautiful sunsets as I have in central Illinois. He wants you, when you see that sunset, To not be like, oh, that's nice. He wants you to say, whoa, the heavens are declaring my promises. So I'm not going to hold my breath in. I'm going to breathe out. And I'm going to declare what he's doing in my life. I cannot be silent because I am a son. I'm a daughter of the king. And we just met in the kitchen this morning. I just met with the king in the kitchen. And he told me something. So I'm going to declare it. I can't stay silent. I'm going to speak his name out. I'm going to speak his promises out. Jesus said in John 10, my sheep know my voice. And it's so important to know the shepherd's voice. You can't know the shepherd's voice unless you're following the shepherd. Every single day, he's on the move. You've got to follow him where he's going. And when he speaks... Declare it. When he speaks to you, write it down. Like on a piece of paper. Like we have these amazing devices. I was just telling my kids yesterday, this iPhone is more powerful than my dad's entire second floor of his company supercomputers when I was growing up in the early 80s. So how about we use it for some good? Declare. I use an app called Evernote. I write everything he, he, he says to me. Everything he's declaring, I write it down. My wife uses old-fashioned pen and paper. I don't care how you do it. You just got to do it. Declare it. Write it down. Because you know why? Because when you're having the cloudy day, you can go back and look at the promises of God and be like, oh, yeah, he did that. Wow. I forgot about that. I, you know, C.S. Lewis said, We need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. We need to remind ourselves that we have access to the King of Kings. We need to remind ourselves that we are seated in heavenly places with him. We need to remind ourselves that we have the mind of Christ. We need to remind ourselves and declare the promises that he speaks over us. So, man, there's there's a, I have prophetic words in here that I've written down. This is yesterday. I wrote down Revelation 2.17, but the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is presently saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will let him feast on the hidden manna and give him a shining white stone. And I wrote down, God, I want to feast on your hidden manna. The other night, I was falling asleep, and the next day was my wife's birthday. And as I was falling asleep, I said, Holy Spirit, give me a word over my wife. And you know if you ask him something, he will do it. He's just waiting for you to ask. It's crazy. We just don't ask enough. Ask and he shall receive, right? I read that somewhere. So I asked, I said, Holy Spirit, give me a word over my wife. And I kid you not, 
three times in the middle of the night, I woke up and I, I heard in my spirit, Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. And I'm like half asleep, but I, it, was, it was powerful enough that I re- remember that in the morning. I remember it three times. And I remember thinking the second time, God, I don't even know if there is an Ezekiel 47. I hope there is. And I woke up in the morning and I read that passage and it was a powerful word over my wife. But I couldn't receive that unless I'm breathing him in. Unless I'm asking him. Unless I'm leaning into the voice of the shepherd, knowing his voice. January 1st. I'd asked God for a word for me for the year. And I felt like he said, risk. Risk everything. Like, that's powerful. And I found this verse, Psalm 62. It says, in him there is no risk of failure. So if I'm a son and standing with the king in my kitchen... I have freedom to do anything that he tells me to do because there's no risk of failure in him. But if I didn't declare it, if I didn't write it down, I'd forget that in like three days. Right? Write it down. Write the vision. Make it plain. In Revelation 1, when when John, I I can't talk too much about this because it's for March, but this is so good. You'll forget, yeah. When John is on the island of Patmos, he hears a voice behind him. And the voice says, write this down. Write down what you see. Write down what you see. If John wasn't obedient to that, we wouldn't have the book of Revelation, which is quickly becoming my favorite book in the entire Bible for reasons that I'll share with you in March. (laughs) On December 16th, I wrote, you have no authority when you have no love. I have to remind myself of these things. This is why you write it down. This is why you declare it. Because what you fill your heart with, what you fill your lungs with, will come out. What are you reading? What are you watching? Because that's what you're going to be declaring. October 23, I was on the beach with my wife and I asked God a question. I saw the palm trees moving. I saw the, the waves moving. And that became a declaration for what God is doing in this church, that he is moving. But remember what I didn't see, the people were missing. If I didn't write that down, I couldn't declare it from this stage or the stage of my workplace or the stage of my kitchen table. I have no authority if I don't declare it first. Because what you write down, you remember. Almost a year ago when, I don't know if the Garbers are here today, I just found this one, when Ridge Avery Garber was born. I think Heather and I were some of the first people to visit them in the hospital after he was born. And that hospital room was powerful. You could feel the presence of God. And God gave me this verse for Ridge Genesis 48, then Israel said to Joseph, now I'm about to die, but God will be with you. He's bringing you back to the land of your fathers. I'm giving you one more mountain ridge than your brothers. That's a declaration over his life, over a life that was just filled with the breath of God. Do you see where I'm going? Like this is, this is powerful. How can we not breathe in and breathe out? I think just most of the time we're, we're not breathing him in. There's so many more. I I have a word over myself that was prophesied over me from a year and a half ago that I go back to probably once a week. 
and read it because it is so true. But I have to remind myself of that. I have to remind myself that living water is being poured out all over me. I have to remind myself that I am a great father. I have to remind myself that connections are on the way. I have to remind myself and see that (laughs) prophecy is both a foretelling and a forthtelling. Because the testimony of Jesus, we talked about this last week, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What he has done and what he is doing is what he will continue to do. That's why it's so important to give a testimony, to declare, to say what he's doing. Remember last week, Kip wasn't here. We prayed for his eye. There was a third eye injury that he's had. And this one was bad. Like, it was bad. It was a bad deal. And we declared healing over him. God healed him. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe you said you can see better now than you did after, before the injury. That's the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Because Jesus has done something, he's doing something, and he's going to do something. That's why we can't keep our mouths shut. That's why we have to declare him. And so we live in this generation where so many people want to give their opinions on Facebook and social media and all the garbage out there, which can be used for good, okay? I'm not knocking at all. But I'm just saying, if you want to discourage yourself sometime, just go on Facebook for a while. Man, you can close those curtains really tight. But so many people are trying to give their opinions, and they're speaking from a cup that's empty. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, hey, don't polish the outside of that cup. Worry about what's on the inside. David in Psalm 23 said, he's declared this over himself and over us. He says, my cup runs over. You know what the verse before that says? You anoint my head with oil. The Holy Spirit, starting on your mind, working all the way down to the soles of your shoes. You cannot give Jesus advice from an empty cup. You cannot give Jesus advice from a cup that's full of you. You cannot give Jesus advice from a cup that's full of legalism. That's why it's so important to be continually filled with the Spirit of God. It's not a one-time thing. That's why it's so important to be so desperate for the Spirit of God. Because you want that cup full and then to overflowing. Because the only time you can impact someone else with the testimony of Jesus is if your cup is overflowing onto them. So we're going to do something this morning. We've got some three-by-five cards up at the front here and some pens. And I'm just going to ask you in a moment to come up and grab a card, grab a pen, and safar, declare. Not what you're saying to yourself, but what your father is saying over you. To press in, to draw close to him, and ask him, what are you speaking to me? And to begin this practice, if you're not already doing it, of declaring his voice over your life so that you can declare it back out to yourself and to everyone that you come in contact with. Does that make sense? So just in this moment, as you feel led, come forward, grab a card and a pen. I really felt earlier this morning in in run-through that this starts with us on our knees. It's, it's about your heart 
bowing. I kept hearing the phrase, we choose to bow. We choose to bow. And so for some of you, maybe it's been a long time since you've physically been on your knees in the presence of God. That's why we have these awesome carpets up here. And I want to challenge some of you to get on your knees this morning. Holy Spirit, would you just reveal your words to us in this moment? Would you declare things over your sons and daughters? That you are always speaking. Most of the time, we've just got our hotel room shades drawn. So God, we rip those back in the spiritual sense. We want to hear your voice. We want to experience you, Jesus. Bring words to mind, bring phrases to mind that your people need to hear this morning that will become a declaration in their life, a testimony from which they can stand on in surety and refer back to. Maybe this be the start of a journal that they keep of your words. Unveil yourself to us, Jesus. Let faith rise up. Remind us of declarations that you promised us long ago. Kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. God, would you just wreck hearts right now? Would you break down pride right now? Would you just wreck us once again? Spirit of God is here. There's some dry bones here. Some desert places here. Some of you have felt like you haven't heard from the Lord in a long time. Don't write down what's inside of you. Write down what he speaks to you. So, Father, we declare Ezekiel 37 this morning. We declare that we are only dirt and bones without you. So, God, rattle us once again. We speak to these bones and we proclaim life and breath, your breath, your breath over these bones, Jesus. We speak to your spirit. We speak to the four winds. God, blow us from every direction. Yes. May we not even see you coming from behind us. May we feel you beside us. Blow in every direction on our hearts right now, God. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit once again. We lean into you in this moment. We press into you. We draw closer to you. 
we can hear your gentle whisper that's so loud that it feels like a shout. We know what we need to do. We know the step of obedience that we need to take. We may not see the final destination, but we know that the final destination is you. And we can say amen to that. And ask the band to come up as we close. Just stay in the same heart, heart position, heart posture. Holy Spirit is downloading words to you. He's downloading his thoughts to your, to your mind. His promises to your heart. Declare them, capture them. Father, I just see a picture of this cup that's us. And you're flipping it upside down right now and you're turning all of the junk of us out of it. You're emptying all of the garbage that we've been breathing in out of the cup. We've been so busy shining the outside of the thing going after the things that are so unimportant. God, we repent. We repent. We turn to you, Jesus, this moment. Some people that need to repent this morning. Repentance is simply turning to him, turning back to him and walking his direction. that's you if you need to do that the holy spirit's tugging on your heart just come down to the front and kneel kneel in his presence there's no judgment here it's just love man we all need to repent we all need to turn jesus soft hearts Soft hearts. God, we repent for polishing the outside of the cup, for making ourselves look so good on the outside to, to people instead of working on the inside. God, we need new wineskins. Give us new wineskins in this moment. Breathe your breath on these people in this moment. Fill up hearts in this moment. God, we repent. There's some people that need to physically come forward this morning on their knees. We choose to bow, Jesus. So much better if we bow now. So much better if we bow now. So much better if we get on our knees now. So much better if our hearts are bowing to you now. We see you, Jesus. We, we look in your wonderful eyes. And we see nothing but love. You, you became our sin so we could stand in righteousness, so we could stand fully clothed in your righteousness, God. Oh, we repent. God, tear some hearts open this morning. We turn and walk towards you. We drop everything for you and your kingdom. We know what you're telling us to do. We take those steps of obedience. We don't want our own plans. We don't want plan B. We want your plan. 
We cannot stay silent anymore. We've got to join with creation. It's groaning. It's speaking a language that that praises you. Wreck us, Father, wreck us. We don't want to play church. We don't want to manufacture something. We just... We just long to be in your presence. We long for the Father. So we pull back the curtains. We rip them right off the window. And we let your sun shine in. You're healing people right now in Jesus' name. You're healing situations right now in Jesus' name. You're doing something in hearts right now that will be forever marked, forever declared, that we can refer back to because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart right now. Don't disobey. Whatever you need to do, don't disobey. John says in Revelation 1, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's us. But it's up to you whether you want to rip the veil open or stay in comfort. So as we sing this song of declaration... I know the heavens are going to be declaring. I know the angels are declaring. I just hope that you would declare his goodness over you. That you would see what he's done in your life, what he's doing in your life, and what he's going to do. That's the testimony of Jesus. That's the only sure foundation. That's the faithful and true. That is the amen. That is the yes. That's what we go after. Wreck us, Jesus.